Putin and the Baby Bird. A long while back during the Obama presidency, when my daughter was in elementary school, we were taking a walk with another mother and her daughter. We saw a baby bird that had fallen out of its nest. I urged the other mother to take the bird as I had cats who would eat it. She was going to take it to the wildlife refuge, but instead decided to raise it on her own, thinking it would be a good experience for her daughter. She named the bird after me, Sasha, because I had encouraged her to rescue it from the sidewalk. She kept the bird in a cage, gave it food and water, and it grew to full size. At that point, I once again stupidly urged her to give the bird a better life, to not force it to spend its entire existence in a cage. I have never liked looking at birds in cages. There is something so cruel about that. But this was bad advice. The day she decided to set the bird free, she gathered her whole family around. And with the video camera rolling, she set the bird free. Within minutes, a hawk swooped down and killed the bird. This was, to me, a hard lesson on the natural world. But it was also a lesson in my own arrogance and stupidity to think this was all some Disney version of baby birds and freedom of flight. That is not what the natural world is about. It's life or death. It's kill or be killed. This isn't about happiness. That's a luxury reserved for humans. I often stare into the eyes of animals, both the ones I look after and those in the wild. I look at them looking at me too, knowing I'm the most dangerous of all living things. They have evolved to be afraid of us and they should be afraid. To me, Joe Biden's attitude towards Afghanistan, Russia, and China is on par with thinking that the bird was going to live a free and happy life without paying attention to the point of view of the hawk. The hawk has highly attuned skills to capture prey. The prey it seeks has survival instincts of its own, that it has evolved over time. But that caged bird had none of it. It was a poor, helpless thing that didn't know from hawks. It had no protection, no awareness, only vulnerability. Everything that happened since Trump took office happened in a bubble of entitlement, arrogance, and ignorance. Everything we did while Trump was in power, from impeachment to Russiagate, to the Me Too protests, to the protest against the Muslim ban, and the largest protest in American history during a global pandemic without a vaccine, the George Floyd protests in 2020, all the way up to January 6th. All of that was being watched by Putin and by Xi Jinping, not to mention other leaders in other countries. It turned out the whole world was watching. We just had no clue or any awareness of that. On his substack, James Strock wrote way back in February of 2021, the whole world is watching. He writes, our global competitors and adversaries, most notably the Chinese communist regime, are alert to signs of American decline. How will they interpret the events of January 6th? We cannot know. Nonetheless, the failure of officials entrusted with power to react instinctively, to put themselves on the line against fellow citizens invading the capital, might incline some towards unwarranted conclusions about the United States as a whole. This isn't to get Trump off the hook for the things he said to antagonize the left 
or the ways he misled or even outright lied to the public. But there is no doubt that not for one day, not for one hour, not for one minute, did the ruling class, the establishment, the media, or the Democrats treat him as the President of the United States. Worse, it was almost a crime to support him during COVID or at any other time for the four years he was in power. He was not praised for a single thing he did. The media profited off cherry-picking the worst things they could find and then tossing it out for Twitter, MSNBC, and CNN to chew on for days. Everything that was encouraged on the left, from doubting the results of the election to protesting violently for a cause that was important enough, was condemned when the right did it. It wasn't enough that they had spent hundreds of millions to put Biden in power without his having to even campaign with a mandate to win, and bad enough that the election had been won even before election day through absentee ballots and early voting, but to then be called domestic terrorists and white supremacists and racists just for supporting Trump or protesting mask mandates or vaccines. The message was clear. If you aren't on board with us, we're going to treat you like human garbage at best, enemies of the state at worst. When they talk about democracy and freedom and liberty and human rights, they forget how they treated half the country this past year. All of this was going on as though there were no Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping. It was as if America is the whole world and there are no outside threats we face. The protests of 2020 inspired the Biden administration to take power as though he just won the second civil war against the Confederate army. He went along with the idea that America was systemically racist and corrupt to its core. He's gone along with the condemnation of members of the military over vaccine mandates or white rage. He's gone along with the idea that we should divide children in public schools into two groups of oppressors and oppressed to teach them that their whiteness from birth means they have opportunity. But if they aren't born with whiteness, they don't. He's gone along with equity replacing meritocracy. He has gone along with every new rule the progressive left puts in place that Americans must follow or be condemned by their peers or fired from their employment. He went along when they dragged the statue of Thomas Jefferson out of City Hall in New York. Biden has gone along with all of it. That is, at least partly, why his poll numbers are dropping. The America he and the fundamentalist left are threatening is not the America the majority wants. The blatant hypocrisy on display by the Biden administration goes unnoticed by the high-minded media that controls the mainstream narrative. But it has not gone unnoticed by Putin or Xi. The Biden-led withdrawal from Afghanistan was so horrific that it leaves a catastrophic humanitarian crisis in its wake. With bodies falling off airplanes and mothers handing their babies over the fence at the airport, that probably seemed like the worst of it. But it was only the beginning. Now we hear of young women locked in their homes, forbidden from going to school. We hear of babies dying when they are born because their mothers are starving. There is no way out of what we have done. But Americans once again act as though we're the only country in the world that matters, that everyone will understand our explanation as to why this was necessary. But that is not what happened. Putin noticed now that there was little chance Biden could justify heading into another war. The exit made Biden look weak. His poll numbers began to plummet. Even if the media barely noticed and the blue checks on Twitter were pretending it wasn't happening, Putin noticed. The media has been so focused on Trump that they didn't even notice when our country, the once mighty United States of America, 
was mocked by Putin for jailing political prisoners who, according to Putin, came to our capital with a list of political demands. Putin made the point that we were in no position to criticize him for what he does to journalists and dissenters when we're doing the same thing here. Even if we weren't, what has happened to the January 6th protesters and rioters is not the America most of us have grown up with. Putin noticed. How could he not when all we've ever done is take the moral high ground against him? Here is Putin nailing the Biden administration on jailing political prisoners. <coughs> All right, about my opponents being jailed or imprisoned, people went into U.S. Congress with political demands. 400 people are now facing criminal charges. They are facing prison terms of up to 20 or 25 years. They are called homegrown terrorists. They are being accused of many other things. 70 people were arrested right there on the spot. 30 of them are still arrested. On what grounds? Not quite clear. I mean, none of the official authorities from the states are informing us about it, so we don't know that. Um, one of the participants, a woman, was shot dead on the spot. She, she was not threatening with, uh, you know, with arms or anything. Why am I bringing this up? Many people are facing the same things as we do. And I am stressing this. We are sympathizing with the United States, but we do not want the same thing Then, if that weren't bad enough, the other world power that is about to test Biden's weakness, China, called Biden out for Black Lives Matter and the racism Biden was announcing to find America. China is firmly opposed to U.S. interference in China's internal affairs. We have expressed our staunch opposition to such interference, and we will take firm actions in response. On human rights, we hope that the United States will do better on human rights. China has made steady progress in human rights, and the fact is that there are many problems within the United States regarding human rights, which is admitted by the US itself as well. The United States has also said that Countries can't rely on force in today's world to resolve the challenges we face. And it is a failure to use various means to topple the so-called authoritarian states. And the challenges facing the United States in human rights are deep-seated. They did not just emerge over the past four years, such as Black Lives Matter. It did not come up only recently. So we do hope that for our two countries, it's important that we manage our respective affairs well, instead of deflecting the blame on somebody else in this world. Now, not only had Putin exposed our hypocrisy, but so did Xi Jinping. The only people who didn't see it or refused to call it out was our own media that kept being Biden's magic mirror, telling him he was the greatest of them all. The left existed in their own little bubble as though there simply were no other countries in the world that might be watching or listening. Both of these moments illustrate two major U.S. enemies pushing back, criticizing, and showing a kind of dominance we would not have seen under Trump. 
Whatever their relationship was, Putin saw Trump more as an equal than he does Biden, whom he clearly sees as no threat whatsoever. Trump also blustered loudly, always saying things like, we'll hit them with everything we have, and it will be a response like the world has never seen. Here in the U.S., the press mocked Trump for that one minute, then called him a dangerous madman the next. But whatever that was, it was a stronger response to these two dictators in Russia and China than the Biden administration was ever prepared for. In fact, as Ukrainian Konstantin Kissin says so brilliantly, we were not paying attention. We were focused on our own fantasy utopia and we had no idea what was waiting back in the real world. To Kissin, we must exert our power or else these countries will start to do things we're not going to approve of. They have no reason not to. They have no one to fear. It is like what happened in the blue cities with the defund the police policies that led to massive spikes in crime. The West, Megan, is weak. It is weak, it is divided, it is distracted. And I don't mean that America doesn't have the greatest military in the history of the world. Of course it does. But what does it matter if you're not willing to use your hard and soft power around the world? If we spend more time talking about gender pronouns or whether cloth masks stop the spread of COVID or focusing on all this other tangential nonsense, when there's very real things going on in the world and, and the moment the West takes its eye off the ball, and I'm so glad, Megan, you, you, this is one of the things that I think makes you such a r robust commentator on these issues. You, you, you make the point about China, and this is what I've been trying to get people to understand. This is not about evil Vladimir Putin or evil Xi Jinping. This will happen if the West withdraws, if the West is weak, is perceived to be weak, if it's distracted, the people around the world who've always wanted more land, more power, more money, more prosperity, who want to knock America off its perch at the top of, of the pantheon, they're going to do what they've always wanted to do. And frankly, I don't blame them. What we need to do is first and foremost, stop being so divided. We've got to come together. And this is the most important point, Megan, that you made so beautifully is if we don't believe in our values in the West, how could we possibly defend them? If we think that we're evil, racist bigots, why on earth would we try to spread our values around the world or defend people who want to be free, who want democracy, who want liberty, who believe in the same things that we believe? Why would we possibly support and defend them if we don't even like ourselves? That's because on the left and in the Biden administration, they are still living in the glory days of the Obama resistance. In this world, what matters is lifting up marginalized groups, renewable energy, a country that doesn't see our enemies abroad, but sees them instead as friends. The only people worth fighting to Biden are Trump supporters. Even now, forces are rising up on Twitter to try to get Tucker Carlson banned off Fox or have Fox removed entirely from the airwaves. Don't think they won't use the threat of war to do that. They will. They've already tried to say Carlson is pro-invasion, which he never was. This clip, which is dated February 17th, already has 2 million views. This must be what they're referring to. Well, the most obvious explanation is the most... Oh, it's the most obvious one. Doddering old Joe Biden, who even before he was senile, was widely considered a moron in Washington has been played by Vladimir Putin, who may be evil, but definitely is not stupid. If Putin bluffed an invasion of Ukraine to make Biden look ridiculous, it worked. Maybe there was something else going on. Maybe Putin still plans to invade Ukraine. It's hard to know. 
But as you just heard, Joe Biden doesn't know because he refuses to talk to the Russians. Obviously, this shows how unprepared Carlson and others on the right were, where Putin was concerned. He wasn't the only one. Plenty of columnists, who I also read, didn't believe an attack was imminent. But does that make Carlson an enemy of the state? Might not like what he says in this video. I don't much like it, but Carlson's job is to be contrary to the status quo. That's why he is popular. The answer to speech you don't like is more speech, not less. That is not only what I believe, but it is the American way. Not the Russian way, not the China way, the American way. What the Democrats want, what Joe Biden wants, what the high-status voices on Twitter like David Simon, Rob Reiner, Joy Behar, and Bette Midler want is to have things back the way they were before Trump won. They want the moral high ground back. They want the run of the place back. They want the garbage out of their pristine utopia. It was so much better when they had no idea just how many people in this country couldn't stand them and didn't want to live by their rules. We can't go back. We can't ever go back. Trump's win was a pivotal moment in history when the populists rose to power, a movement that had its roots going all the way back to the year 2000 with the World Trade Organization protests. They continued on with Occupy Wall Street and the Tea Party. That movement, with or without Trump, not only continues, but has its eye on the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Again, there is no going back. There is only going forward through whatever the next phase will be. If I were the Biden administration, I would reach out to the populist right. I would find a way to listen to them the way he is supposed to listen to all Americans. I would stop calling them terrorists. I would take down the political theater fencing around the Capitol. I would find out what they were worried about, the border, energy prices, freedom of speech, and our schools. And I would find a way to meet in the middle. He will never do that. Think about David Simon or Rob Reiner's reaction to that. To them, populists could be carted off to camps and they would not blink. But Biden is not them. He is, or at least once was, more compassionate and open-minded than they are. He is also the president of this entire country, not just the side that is acceptable to the blue checks. America is in a very precarious place right now, not just because of the threats coming from Russia and China, but because of our own fractured condition. If we don't believe in this country, if it is always being criticized and attacked by the people who govern it, if there is a distinct oligarchical class that rules over a majority of discontents, that doesn't bode well for the future. You can't have a powerful minority rule over a powerless majority and expect things to go well. They never have. Sooner or later, the barbarians will be at the gates. What they want on the left and in the Biden administration is to be good, to be inclusive and diverse. They want a country where everyone gets a seat at the table and no one is marginalized or offended ever. At some point though, their desire to be good was replaced by a desire for everyone else to go along with them or else they weren't good, they were bad. The left right now feels threatened that all of the progress they've made with women's rights, LGBTQ rights, the rights of the black community, is about to be ripped out of their grasp by the marauding right. They believe democracy itself is at stake, but really the silent, afraid majority just wants to be able to have a reasonable conversation about the country the left is demanding America become. It is their country too, and no one ever asked them if they agreed with the new rules. 
That is why Trump is such an existential threat to them even now. Even after he's been booted off of social media and is no longer president, he isn't silent. He isn't open to discussion. He has come to knock it all down. That has left them feeling scared and under siege. Their problem was they believed Trump was their worst nightmare. They thought electing Biden was like opening the door of the cage and letting the bird fly to its freedom. But they forgot what was waiting for them in the trees. Thanks for listening to my Substack. I'm working on a longer piece about the Oscars, and I will be posting that in the next few days. Until then, have a great weekend. (laughs) 